Martinez, this man stuck with you when times were tough, brought you and gave you the opportunity to manage this ball club. You're a lifer in this game. What's this moment feel like for you right now? Oh, I can't, I can't put this moment in words. I can say this. Often bumpy roads leads to beautiful places, and this is a beautiful place. Hello everyone and welcome to From the Cheap Seats, your favorite podcast for frank, unapologetic, and shamelessly opinionated Washington Nationals news outside the press box, the dugout, and the very informative stadium urinals. My name is Thad Helsley and I am joined by my postseason co-host, Cassia, <laughs> via Skype. And our wonderful AI engine, Bernice. Congratulations. Though you both continue to be morons, your season-long faith in this team has clearly paid off. So, wow, 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 Kasi, I'm launching some fireworks here. Just like they did on Tuesday night. For the first time since 1933, a Washington baseball team is going to the World Series. 86 years later. As no one listening to this podcast was alive in 1933, some brief perspective. Franklin Roosevelt was in his first term as president. It was the worst year of the Great Depression and unemployment exceeded 25%. The worst economic collapse in the United States history. Why anyone would spend money to go to a baseball game when they were starving, I can't imagine. But they did. They, then, Washington Senators, lost the series to the, then, New York Giants 2-3 in a best-of-five game series. At least FDR engineered the repeal of Prohibition and people could drink legally. <laughs> um, I don't know how it happened. Well, I don't even know how to celebrate. I mean, it's just too amazing for words. I mean, it was so unexpected. I, you know... I don't think, uh, you know, in previous podcasts, neither of us either predicted that we would get out of the NLDS, the, the division series with the Dodgers. We didn't think that would happen. So, Bernice, before we jump in, could you quickly review the 2019 season for us and give us a little insight into how we got here in this very unlikely fashion? Certainly. After a disappointing 2018 season and the loss of our star player, Bryce Harper, to another team, expectations for the Nationals were less than modest. As the season began, they would plunge even lower. Driven by early injuries to half the roster's starters and inexplicable management in game decisions, the team managed to lose 31 of its first 50 games, making the Nats the second worst team in the entire league. By May 24th, Rumors were rampant that manager Davey Martinez and his entire staff would be fired. For reasons that remain unclear, the management purge did not occur. However, with previously injured players returning to the roster, the Nationals went on to rapidly engineer one of the most spectacular comebacks in baseball history, becoming the best team in the league in the remaining 112 games, with a 700-plus winning average. Another very notable event. Age 32, late career veteran, Gerardo Pera, joined the team in May after being fired by the Giants. His first at-bat as a national was a game-winning grand slam. After which, he was immediately embraced by fans for his hitting, dugout dancing, and his nonsensical walk-up music, a song suggested by his three-year-old daughter. The quirky Baby Shark song became emblematic of the 2019 team, a regional sensation, and spawned a stadium-wide fan ritual. Okay, great. Thank you, Bernice. I really appreciate that. When was the wildcard game? Like a week, two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been that long. The wildcard, and we did cover like that, last... and uh, and that was that was amazing. But then we said, okay, and but that was kind of an unlikely come from behind win. It was a single game elimination, 
and we were behind and only came and won in the eighth inning, eighth and ninth innings. But we go into these series with the Cardinals, and the Cardinals had just... Um, they didn't sweep the Braves, but you know the Braves had. Uh, we had been at two Braves games where they kicked our butts decisively, and the last game of the um, division finals before the things. Game. Yeah, yeah, they beat the the Cardinals beat the Braves thirteen to one, and that was the same night as our um, wild card uh, game. And so it just seemed like, okay, well, the Cardinals are pretty unbeatable. But then we go on to sweep them four games in a row. That's just, I don't know. It's it's unspeakably unexpected. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple weeks because, yeah, at the, at the beginning of the postseason, the wild card game, which isn't, it's like not really the postseason. It's like the fake postseason. Right, right. As you um, have you said before, think, we celebrated prematurely. Right. I, I didn't think, you know, that game was a toss up. You know, it was one game. Any team, no matter how good, you know, or bad they are, you can win one game against like a better team. Like, so we got lucky winning that and we won it in the last minute. Right. And then a lot of those Dodgers, the wins against the Dodgers were come from behind wins as well. Right, right. I mean, we went the full and five we went games. All the way so that was not a, uh, was yeah, not a fait accompli five, at, then, at all. But by the time we got to this Cardinals series, I mean, I don't, I don't know when I started texting you after the, if it was the first or the second game, I was like, we're going to. World Series. No, you did. I like, think it was, it was the second game, the and I, you, I like, like repeated gonna... like six times in a row. We're going to the World Series. We're going to the World Series. We're going. I'm like, well, yeah, okay. Know, like, it was just so obvious. It was like by the time of the actual fourth game, um, it was like boring. I was like bored of winning. I was like, I'm over this. We should be playing the World Series already. Um, how quickly <laughs> well now wait a minute boring. no we we started out in that fourth game very good getting seven runs but it got a little anxious going well, in I wasn't, watching, I wasn't watching the game okay um but i had it i was like had it on my phone i was at a concert but, but we I, gave I up four runs it was getting there was there was a winning run on base and hudson was was squeaking as he even admitted himself he got out of it. He pitched himself out of that jam. But um, it was, again, not a fatal complete. Although, you know, when you look at it, four it games in a row. Up. Games are supposed to be competitive. They're games. You're yeah, not yeah. going to just, yeah, like, you're right. you're right. skate the whole thing. I mean, come on. That was a win, a huge win. And they, even if they had got a couple more runs or made it closer, we still would have come out of that series winning. If it had taken another game, I mean, because the Cardinals were just so beaten down, and that's that's the, that's the thing about the postseason that's super interesting, and that we've talked about before, which is that it almost doesn't even seem like an athletic competition anymore. It's just like a psychological one. If you can make it to the postseason. Like, the athletics almost ceased. They're like a secondary thing. All these guys are good. All the managers are throwing everything that they have into moving the chess pieces around. To no, it is. You no, know, you're right. It's a game of chess. Yeah. everyone's strengths and try to remove the weaknesses. And, and But, like, the Cardinals, maybe they're a great team, but they were just, like, completely dead. They hadn't gotten any run. They had no life in the offense. And they were just, they were all just terrified and dead. Their manager just sat there like a zombie, just stood there like a zombie, like chewing his gum. Yeah, I don't know what it was because they were, you know, they've they've been in uh, 10 years. They've gone to the World Series like five times. So I don't know with this manager. So I don't know why they suddenly fell down. But yeah, we demoralized them. I mean, our starting pitching just It's because it's the postseason. Them. It's the postseason pressure. And it's the once you're bombing, it's really hard not to just keep bombing. 
No, no, I think you're I think you're right on that. I think you're right on that. But um so before we start talking about the coming World Series, I just wanted to to mention a couple strange synchronicities. So, uh we win in that four-game sweep on October 15th and that turns out to be the 94th birthday of Na- Washington Nationals owner Ted Lerner, right? The Ted Lerner is the owner of the Washington Nationals. Um, we finally win the pennant on his birthday. Is this man beloved by God, or is he just the luckiest son of a bitch that ever lived? Um, that one's yours. I, I <laughs> well, I don't know if you because um, TBS did cover a little bit of the post-game stuff and Masson picked it up there were some things that that were missing but he was out there Mr. Lerner Ted Lerner at 94 he looked pretty spry for 94 man he was running around I mean he wasn't drinking champagne out of the bottle but he was you know hugging guys and was like wow that guy doesn't look 94 to me he's like looks like 70 something first of all Mr. Lerner I know you want to address this great crowd here. What a birthday present for you, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I want to tell our fans, this is for you. But um, so he's, you know, he amazingly spry. Obviously his dream. Obviously his dream. Now his son, who he only retired. He um, he only I mean he's technically still the owner but he he only retired from actually personally managing the team last year when he was 93 and his son who's probably in his late 60s or something Mark uh, has been running things and um, uh, and maybe always was sort of running things in the background but who knows. But he, you know, he he spoke uh, a little more uh, effusively. But it was it was pretty interesting. People are not are not pooping on the learners at the moment. You know, when it was the Bryce Harbor contract and the Rendon contract, it was the learners. We hate the learners, but <laughs> they kind of like the learners at least temporarily. Um, you know, we got no here. One likes the learners. No one likes the learners just because they've stopped shitting on them for a brief period of time. Doesn't mean anyone likes them. Well, I don't know um, if anybody likes any owner. Do they in any sports team? No. The only one, <laughs> we one hate like, billionaires who run our lives. Um, that's not true. People actually love and admire billionaires. That's or millionaires. That's why we have a super president. But well, okay, good point. Some people hate them. Some people. They 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 admire them at the same time as they resent them and they're fascinated by them so it's a complicated thing, but I personally don't don't like the learners. They've made so many poor decisions in managing the team. I don't think that where we're at now can be attributed to them so much as just randomness and like I said, the psychological breakdown of the Cardinals and our luck. Well. So, yeah, it's complicated because we can say Mike Rizzo really, you know, he was the guy who um, uh, really pressured them because, you know, from 2005 to 2012, seven years, they were the worst team in baseball. So I took you to games when you were a little kid then, and we were just losing. We would lose 105, 110 games a year. We were the worst team in baseball. And then... Mike Rizzo came in. He we wasn't new, there originally. Uh, we were a new building team here. Right. I'm just saying in 2012 or 2011, whenever Mike Rizzo came in. It's not, the, it's not the same as like an established franchise being bad, like a new franchise building. No, itself. you're right. No, that you and, and also yeah, the reason they were they left Montreal is because the owners there gave up on them. And um, nobody would even buy them. MLB had to buy them the first year and move them to Washington, and they still were on the block. And finally, the learners were the ones that bought them, although other people were bidding. And uh, Rizzo was not there the first year, but he convinced them to invest first in Jason Worth, 
they had because they were so bad they were getting all these great first draft picks like oh yeah bryce harper steven strasburg anthony rendon so of course that's the system that reinvigorates the the um, the competitiveness right right uh, every bit the worst teams always get the best draft picks so but you got to grow them up and you got to home grow them and everything else and then we and then and then they put down big money for jason worth and that was one of the biggest contracts in history at the time one hundred twenty five thousand dollars for x number of years and uh, he'd, he'd just come off of a World Series. And then, boom, we were the worst team in baseball. And then all of a sudden, 2012, we go to the NLDS and we take it all the way to Game 5, where we eventually lose. But at least everybody was like, holy shit, how do we get from worst team to actually going to the playoffs? So, well, since you, since you had to pimp your boy, Jason, yeah, yeah, I did have to. We must mention that his fuck up in the outfield is one of the reasons we lost that game. In addition to Matt Weeder's mess up behind the plate, and I did enjoy striking out Matt Weeder's during this series because he's now on. No, that's true. That's true. I'm just, I'm just going down memory lane. Okay, so another, another kind of a weird little synchronicity. The day after we won was Bryce Harper's 27th birthday. And people are trolling the crap out of him all over the internet, which you could say, look, I don't even give a shit, whatever. I'm just wondering, should we stop our obsession with Bryce? I mean, our most popular episode was the the episode where he played his first game here since becoming a Philly back on April 2nd. And we did a lot of stuff there, but... Is there any possibility of forgiveness or forgiving or forgetting with Bryce? Um, well, you asked, should we get over Bryce? Should we? Yes. Will we? No. <laughs> <laughs> I personally don't care about Bryce. I personally don't care about him. No, you said that. Especially now that, you know, he was, everyone had been talking about, you know, oh, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to be this huge thing. But his numbers had already been plummeting before he did his contract. No, that's true. His last season with us was uh, very unspectacular, certainly less than all of our top guys now. And the year Soto, Robles, Rendon, even Zimmerman. And the year, the year before that, his I think his numbers were still good, but he had like several long stretches where he was in like an anxiety spiral and he like wasn't quote unquote locked in or whatever the hell these sports people like to say. (laughs) He was like, he was like, remember that amazing thing that he would do where he had these batting gloves, which are probably like, I don't know how much Bryce Harper batting gloves are. They probably have his initials like embroidered on them and they're like $70 each or something. Well, you get some hair gel with each purchase. Bryce Harper. Right. Every time show. he struck out, he would he would remove the gloves and in the dugout, like while the cameras would zoom in on him, he would cut them up into pieces over the trash can. Oh my god. As if as if it was the the gloves fault. I don't even remember that. Wow that I'm gonna have to look that up. That is unbelievably um I don't know if it's psychotic, but it's very neurotic, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. And and I'm like, how many It's how like many Woody Allen not eating chicken or something. He, so. Even with all those millions of dollars, he I don't think he can afford to do that for all the strikeouts now because there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He gets booed on a routine basis in his own home park, which is a little bit sad, I got to yeah. say. Bryce Harper is a case of his star being bigger than his talent it, it you know it was inflated his his market value was inflated mm-hmm. by perception um this wasn't i like i just always felt like his fall was inevitable so i don't i'm not like, like it's hard to have resentment against someone who like went to the phillies and is now like putting up bad numbers and his team isn't even competitive like it's hard to be like oh f you bryce God, like, I, I don't have any resentment towards him at all. I think he should have stayed at the Nationals. If the if that offer was real and it wasn't just like 
a hollow number that they put up and the details of the contract weren't legit. If that offer was real, it wasn't a uh, three hundred million is not a hollow number. <laughs> that's that's pretty legit. He settled well, for. No, no, I don't know. But it was three hundred million for ten. He settled for three thirty for thirteen. But they could have just been bluffing. They could have just been bluffing. Like, oh, we have to put up this number just out of politeness at the auction because we feel bad because, like, you know, no one's going to buy him at the date auction if we don't put up our paddle or whatever. Well, um, that that will be endlessly debated, you know, because the, not having him on the payroll allowed us to get Patrick Corbin, who's become our sort of number three pitcher. And, uh, you know, he won number four for us, number four in the NLCS. A star like that isn't whose talent isn't worth their this like perception of their talent is a huge drag on the payroll. You know, no one team member should be taking up that much money. There's just no reason for it. Um, when we when we need that money in the bullpen, well, I think that being on a team that's gone this far through the postseason will will make guys more liable to stay. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you have, there's two philosophies. You're saying everybody will run to free agency or they'll say, well, let's stay with this team. Why would I go to a shitty team that will pay me more like Bryce did with the Phillies and then just live in obscurity for the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. And yet I'll have my money, but I'll never be in the Hall of Fame and no one will remember my name. Right. No one will remember your name. Yeah, I can't wait to see um, Citizen Harper, like <laughs> the like baseball version of him, like as being an pushed old in a man. wheelchair around the pool, looking at his statues. So, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of people trolling Bryce. I saw a lot of people bringing up that that slip of the tongue that he had made just after he signed the contract with the Phillies where he said he, he's going to bring a title back to D.C. or whatever. And Which we like, covered back in February. Exactly. We covered that and, when it actually and, happened. Now everybody's bringing it up now. but uh. we Yeah, I saw a lot of people bringing that up. A lot of people seem to not be able to stop rubbing it in Bryce's face. And I think that's fine. That's part of, that's part of baseball. And being a baseball fan is, is just being an asshole. That's just a huge part of it. <laughs> you mean being a fan is an asshole or being a player being is an being asshole? Being a sports fan is just being an asshole. Just generally just being a jerk. So you and I are <laughs> assholes, basically. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, we do yeah, a podcast and so we project our I, assholeism. I, I didn't, when we were out there, I didn't boo Bryce. No, you didn't. I had desire to boo Bryce. Well, no, we were there as quasi-journalists, and we were just trying to observe and record. I'm not complimentary of him, but I'm not, like, I have no anger, really, towards any anyone on the team. I will come down in judgment of them, but I'm pretty sober about it. <laughs> I just think I'm kind of in a, like, a leave Bryce alone type place right now. I'm like, okay, I see you, but just like I'm I'm gonna leave Bryce alone. Okay. I don't he's going through some things. I think we should respect his family during this difficult time and give them privacy. <laughs> well, and he just had his first child, so he should be enjoying that or not exactly. enjoying it, whatever. Upside, <laughs> upside Changing diapers. Of, yeah. The upside of all of this is that hopefully that child will grow up in a much more mentally sane home than um, they would have if he had still been, you know, Bryce Harper superstar on the ascent. I'm kind of doubting it, but I hope you're right <laughs> for for her sake. It could be. Okay, so should we move on to the World Series itself, the coming World Series? Yes, of course. Okay, so because we swept the our series, you know, four games in a row, there's there's this deficit between um, us and what's going on in the American League. And right. also the uh, the game last night was rained out. We, I mean, I know you're in the Southwest. We had this Nor'easter 
for like two days here that was horrible. So they canceled last night's game, rescheduled it today, and they're they've only played three games. They've only played three games. So if they go the full seven games, they'll be playing right up to the World Series, which is bad for them, I guess, because nobody gets any time off. But but there's the other issue is we get so much time off. Are we going to get a little rusty? Because we haven't had more than a day off since the All-Star game. And then all of a sudden we get six days off and they're going to do sim games and all these other things. But um, I I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that'll make a difference? No, totally. It's definitely going to be a factor and it could tip either way. Um, Because statistically, I know you hate when I quote data science. I hate. Yeah, exactly. But can I just say this? I don't think data and science are two words that should be put next to each other. But anyways, go on. Can I give you the statistic? Yeah. Okay. When uh, a team in the last 25 years has swept um, a playoff series before going to the World Series, and and they did it early like we did, and then they had a week off, 90% of the time they lose Mm. because they're rusty. Yeah. They come in, they're rusty. These guys have been like for six months, have been working every five days a week, six days a week. Now, all of a sudden, they get a whole week off. Now, conversely, if if the... Go ahead. The number of teams that have swept and then played the World Series has to be kind of low, right? It's nine teams, seven have lost. Okay, okay. So that's not that's not a huge like nineteen. No, that's what some people thing. say. It's too small sample size. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, of course, too small sample size. That's a that's a rare situation. Um and also, as you were saying, if they're gonna be they they've been rained out and they're gonna be playing right up to the game. Yep. If they go seven. They'll be exhausted. I mean the Astros are ahead two to one, but if they end but it seems like they're it's sort of like us with the Dodgers. It seems like they're trading wins and losses. They're very evenly matched. So they could go to Sun or Monday and then World Series starts next Tuesday. I yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I said, I don't I don't think that these players are thinking that much about the numbers and like you said they're going to do everything they can to keep them active yeah doing sim games because they've got they've got a their minds it's more their it's their their brains are going to be swirling with all of this expectation of oh now we're gonna now we're a world series team right now which has got to be freaky there's no there's no way they expected it so they could be cocky or they could be cowardly or the other team could be just like exhausted Um, well the thing is the yankees and the astros always expect they're going to the world series they've been doing it for 10 15 20 years we've never expected that in the season we came out of with that horrible, horrible start. I mean, yeah, there must totally. be some perspective here and appreciation for how hard it was to get here. Um, whereas if you're a Yankee, you're like, I'm entitled, man. I'm the greatest team that ever lived in the fucking history of baseball. So um, at least that's what we hope with our thinking. But yeah, <clears throat> I, I think there's something good about being, being, um, a team that doesn't really totally come together until the end. Like I know that people have talked about that when during the Olympics, they'll talk about how like you kind of like coaches will kind of try to time their athletes to peak at a certain point of the year to coincide with like a competition schedule because right. you can't maintain like this tightness for as long as a baseball season is or as long as any athletic competition period is so you got to kind of pace it like if it's if it's a marathon so it's really good to be where we were as a team with a bunch of our like zim was out mass was out 
they had kind of had some time out and they were back and they were like ready to go. We had Robles back at the end of the game. Howie was like kind of on and off. Um, we were at a good, we're at a good place as a team. And I don't, I don't follow the Astros or the Yankees enough to know, but I'm sure they were more dominant throughout the season than we were. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's one, uh, got 106 games. The other got 107. So they're, look, they're sort of like the Dodgers. They're sort of like the Dodgers to us. Exactly. They, again, you can be great the whole time, but you got to peak at the right moment. That's and, true. And I really do believe that the postseason is a psychological thing more than an athletic thing. So game four, as we are recording, begins uh, tonight for the ALCS, Astros versus Yankees. And so obviously I'm going to ask you, who are we facing in the World Series, one or the other? But before you answer, I just want to remind you that we share that West Palm Beach facility where we do spring training. We share it with the Astros, even though we don't play a single game against them in the regular season because they're the American leagues. We play them only like, you know, they do a smattering of American league things and you only play everybody like once every three years or something. But during the preseason, we played them eight times and we won approximately half the time. Now, preseason doesn't count. Everybody sucks. They're coming back. They're rusty. They've had five months off. Yes, yes, yes. But I just wanted to throw that out before you say who you think we will be facing or who you, and you may not know, like you said, and I don't either. I'm going to try to watch these last three games to kind of get familiar with some of these players because they're not in our leagues. I mean, you know, it's yeah. tough enough for us to watch 162 of our own games, let alone somebody else's games. And they don't even broadcast them here. So um, so I just want to throw that out. But go ahead and tell me what you think. Uh, who we should face, why we should face, who you would like to face. Well, yeah, I, I can only say what I would pref- who I would prefer okay. to face because I, I'm not trying to predict because I don't even know these teams well enough. Right. But I definitely would rather it be the Astros. Really? And yeah, I don't care. I, I feel like the Yankees are just because, yeah, because the Yankees are such a, even their little pinstripe outfits, they're just like the mob of baseball. They're, like they're the described as the evil empire. I think they're the... Monsters. Outside of the New York metro area, they're the most hated sports team in uh, in all sports in America, just because they've been so not- successful and evil. Well, that New York Yankees logo, yeah, is it transcends yeah. sports fandom. It's just it a thing. It's Coca Cola. It's Harley Davidson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's simple. And it's also, as we recall, Bryce Harper's childhood favorite team, right? Right. right. Um, Like so many incredible people from the, I mean, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, all these, just a million guys came from there. I just find them, I just find their, their whole brand is just boring. I don't, I just don't really want to see Yeah, because they've got so much money, they just buy their way into it because they've got 30 million people in the metro area and which none of us do we're a, a relatively medium like, market we you know we can't have we can't even afford the people we have <laughs> they just buy everybody that they want they're they're like the patriots of, of yeah, the baseball they world are, they I, are. it's just boring to see them you know I, i'd rather it be the astros um and I, you know, I've just been reading some of the articles people have written about like hypothetical matchups, and it does seem like the the some of the pitching matchups in the Astros would be more interesting to um, to like pitching nerds and people that follow baseball more generally than you or I. So yeah, I would I would definitely rather it be the Astros. They're definitely the more underdog team of the two. Well, okay, let me give you the alternative view here. Can I do that? So actually, a lot of people so think, tell me what your actual what your actual belief is before you do your hypothetical alternative. My actual belief of who we're going to play, or who you think we should play, who would you would want? I would. Uh, here's what I would want with 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 uh, 
conditions with addendums, I would want the Yankees because, number one, because they are the Yankees, they, they're, everybody knows who the Yankees are. Everybody in America. Nobody knows who the Nationals are. Nobody knows. And only so many people know who the Astros are. But if we're in a series with the Yankees, that is going to be the most highly watched series in the United States um, for a very long time. Number two is they're going to be in our time zone. So we don't have to endure these 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock games that are in some other two time zones away. So I can actually watch them (laughs) and not fall asleep. (laughs) So that would be another thing. Now, the downside is ticket prices, we're going to get in ticket prices, are going to probably go up um, remarkably if it's Yankees because we've got so many New York people in this marketplace that are trying. I mean, most of our friends that we know, adult friends, are, are people who are actually born in New York and are um, uh, fans of the Yankees. So that is a downside. But they are, and they've got a lot of strong things, but they are probably a lot of people, the, at least the Las Vegas odds makers see them, even though they're very evenly matched with the Astros, probably not the strongest team. Like you said, you and I don't know personally, so we're depending on this um, third party But I don't evidence. think because the Astros have been in the World Series like three times in the last 10 years. The Yankees have never made it even in the last 10 years. I know, but it, it doesn't – I don't think it, it really matters that that much. I think that it once you're – however you get into the door of the postseason, yep. how you got there doesn't matter. You're in the door now, and you're equal to everyone else who's, who's in the door. No, we should not be here. I mean, nobody, nobody on planet Earth would have picked us to be here at this moment. No way. No way. That's what, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and it's like the uh, the song Pandemonium from the Putnam County Spelling Bee Broadway show. <laughs> the best spellers don't necessarily win. Um, mm. It's just, it's just, there's so many other factors to a competition other than being the best. So either, either series would be super fascinating. There's going to be tiny little upsides or downsides, like you said, about time zones. But I think that these guys live in a, in a six-month period of constantly shifting between time zones. You know, we beat the Dodgers going back and forth to L.A. I know, and that was a pain in the ass, Because the, wasn't other, it? Team is, the <laughs> other team is also – well, you were talking more about yourself. I am. Your own no, no, I'm talking selfishly. Not the players. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm in the West now, so it doesn't matter to me. We no, you, no, no, it doesn't matter to you. You're like, okay, I don't give a shit. Houston, I'm right here, yeah, man. I hate, I hate those games that go till two in the morning. I don't want I don't want to deal with that. Right. It's just it's just us East Coast people. Okay, so I wanted to um, get into ticket prices. So I, I wanted to ask you to guess. Because we've never been in a World Series game before, I can I can sort of handicap you that um, standing room only at the last game of the NLDS was two fifty. Although one of our friends found tickets. How do you stand at the NLDS? You um you they let you stand. You know where there's that uh, when you first come in the center gate, there's all that the uh, fencing, and you can just stand there and watch. Um, and not have to have a seat. They'll sell those tickets, and they were selling them for two fifty. Although um, a friend oh of ours found tickets in the four hundreds in the double X, which would be the very top for one fifty. That was the NLDS. Okay, so now we're going to the World Series, and they've already determined that uh, Tuesday and Wednesday will be held either in Houston or New York whoever wins that game. So the first game here in Washington, D.C. will be Friday, October 25th. And do you want to guess what the ticket prices are? on um, The bargain ones on the secondary market. I don't know. $500. Okay. SeatGate has the their um, cheapest ticket starts at $738. $738. Their top ticket is $11,400. Vivid Seats, which we've bought many tickets from, they start at 787 
and their top ticket is 49,983. Okay, the person that buys that is an idiot. But Well, I mean if you're rich, can't you buy it directly from the the stadium? No, they're all sold out, so everything's the secondary market at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how much? Yeah. What is the face value? Well, um, good question. You know, I'd, I'd love to know that because the thing is, all the season ticket holders get their tickets in March. They get all of them, even ones, even they get all the playoff tickets, all the World Series tickets, even if they don't occur. So a lot of right. people will frame like their World Series ticket from 2017, even though it didn't happen. They got the ticket and it may have been worth, you know, 200 bucks or something like that. And they'll frame it and hang it in their mantle. But now it's on the secondary market because everything is, I mean, I don't even know when, because it was only like 36 hours ago. How did the, all this stuff get sold out? But people were buying, apparently, and some of these people are investors, you know, where they buy as many tickets as humanly possible just because they can flip them. Yeah, all the the whole ticket world is totally Yeah, fun. yeah. There's people that do nothing. They're professional flippers, and they just buy Rolling Stone and Taylor Swift tickets and blah, 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 flip them. So I just, I just thought it was interesting, and... Um, and of yeah, course, everything else is going to be magnified. Chaos. Like the parking lots that we go into are going to be like three hundred dollars, so that we typically go into for twenty-five bucks. Right. Right. So it's just I, crazy I, money, crazy. Okay, so there's, <clears throat> and this is particularly relevant with the Astros and the Yankees. And I didn't even know what this phrase meant. Um, even though apparently it's it's been a big deal for some time, and there was a new law passed by the ML, a law a regulation, whatever, by the MLB before the season started this year, it's called sign stealing. Does that make ring a bell with you? Yeah, are these like the hand signs? Correct, correct. So okay. last time you and I watched a game together, which I guess was probably the um, uh, the wild card. We were saying, oh, my God, you can see so clearly what the pitcher is doing. And why couldn't they just figure that out by sort of oh, Rosetta you mean the, catcher. the catcher? I'm sorry, the catcher, um, uh, Rosetta Stone style kind of figure out what the pitchers are going to be. But one of the, the determinants or the anti-determinants is the fact that they delay the broadcast of the game. So they have the game broadcasting in the dugouts. The managers can see it. But there's at least a 10 or 15 second delay. So it's already too late to do anything about it once they actually see it on TV. It's already happened in front of their eyes. So that's one thing. But apparently digging into this a little bit in the article I sent you, you know, this is a time-honored tradition. So, like, a guy gets on, one of the reasons to get on second, second base, is you're in a position where you can see the signs that the, the catcher is doing. Right. Even if they right. catch, even if they change them every day, you know, you can still see them. They figure out from the first inning what, because there's only so many pitches. What? There's five, six pitches. They'll know which one the guy is calling. And then the guy will whistle or hand signal to the dugout and they will t and they will or or the whoever's coming up, they'll somehow signal to him what they what it's going to be. But now they're using MLB had to come out and actually um I hear that cat, man. He's hungry. Uh, they're using, they put guys, people, they hire people like you with a, you know, a, a, a high zoom lens camera and they put you in center field focused yeah. and can see that. And they immediately are transmitting the Red Sox just got, they lost in the playoffs, but they got fined like a gazillion dollars because they were transmitting these photos of the signs to a guy's Apple watch in the dugout, like the pitching coach. And he was telling people, that or not the people, like a great idea for an Apple watch commercial. <laughs> Apple watch perfect for throwing a game. I just think that's funny that they're doing, they're just cheating, cheating. No, no, no. I no? think that's, that's an, that's fair cheating. That's well, like, no, no, it, it was for a hundred years. It was considered fair game. 
I think it's fair game. I totally think it's fair game because okay. I mean, it, there's a kind of language to it. It's not like they're, I don't know, you. They're not like really innovating with their. It's like the, it's you stick one finger up, you stick two fingers up, you stick three fingers up, and four fingers up. Those are your, those are your. That's your alphabet. But if you use high technology, does that cross a line? And that's what the MLB said. It's like if you use look, if it's the if it's the second because this came up in this just in this they've only played three games, but they the Astros and the Yankees are fighting because the Astros uh, the Yankees are saying that the Astros are sign stealing them with whistles, like they have like you know different whistles that mean different pitches based on the second baseman or this guy in the stands with a camera and change your signs the whole the whole part of like signing is already kind of cheating well even if you do sign i mean they can figure it out in the first inning they're going to get all your pitches right also they're studying you the whole season they are they're not not rewriting their language like every game or every series so you're saying it's cool they're operating. Of course, I think it's. I think it's very cool. I think it's one of the coolest things. I, I think there's underlying <laughs> cheaters. I think it's totally fair game. Okay. Um, it's. It is a little stupid to put somebody out. But like, what's going to happen though? Like, okay, you transmit it to someone's Apple Watch, and then you're going to signal to to Juan the batter, Soto and they're going to know what the pitch is before it happens. One. That's the idea. No, I think that. No, because that all the thing about that is that that can that is really a case of information making it harder for you. Like because sometimes the the catcher says do this pitch and then Sean Doolittle throws it and it's not what he thought it was going to be. That's true. That's They're true. Always, the, the the pitcher doesn't have to do what the catcher tells they don't them. Make their pitch. But the they usually do. do the pitcher isn't always flawlessly executing the pitch that they have it in mind to throw. That's true too. You're right. There's a lot of variables. But if you knew it There's was going to be a, a, a fastball versus a breaking ball, because a 100-mile fastball, you have to start swinging like just as that ball is is is, is leaving the fingertips okay, of the okay. pitcher. But do you think it's realistically possible for someone with a fancy camera out behind center field yep. to take a photo, send it to someone's Apple Watch, signal someone from the dugout, to someone at second base, to someone up in no, the no, batters? It, no. The the second base option is is the old traditional hundred year old version of sure. But how doing. how is the batter how is the batter getting the information from the dugout? Um, hand signals, like they always just like they give them hand signals There's like d- bunt there or is, do this or do that. It's not enough time for that to happen. If there, they, how many, I don't know how in many the in the case of the. Okay, so but there's the- no way. Stop talking over me. God, there's sorry. no way for that to happen. There's not enough time for that to happen. And having that information could only distract you from all the other things that you have to be thinking about when you're a batter. Because there's different shifts happening out in the outfield. There, there's maybe there's somebody on first. Maybe someone's telling me to bunt. Maybe there's someone in scoring position. Maybe I'm just the setup guy, and it's Soto who's gonna try to hit us all in. You know, like there's so many other factors. So just like the signals, whatever. If you want to try to cheat and think about that, go ahead. You go ahead and do all that shit for yourself because you're probably only gonna screw yourself over working that hard to, to try to come in through a cheating angle. I only brought it up, not as a general thing, just because it's actually going on in the ALCS between the Yankees and the Astros. The Yankees have formally filed a complaint against the Astros using whistles. Using whistles, not hand singles. So somehow they can do it fast enough where the guy can in the dugout can whistle to the batter. What the next pitch is going to be? People whistling. Like, well, I don't know. This is the allegation, whistle, and they they I almost got into one of those gonna, dugout how am I fights. Whistle twenty different whistles. For all these <laughs> There's not twenty how different pitches. Are, There's like are six. These like, are these people like bird imitators? Are they I just guess. sitting here? I don't know. I'm sure they practice. Maybe they have an actual whistle that for is, for each thing. Maybe this slider is a different whistle than the fastball. 
That's crap. That's total <laughs> bullshit. I mean, look, I, I'm not I'm saying it's fine for the team to file a complaint if they think that that's part of some, like, head game that they're playing. The way that, like, political campaigns will file lawsuits against one another to, like, distract from something or whatever. Uh, right, because they're, they're currently losing. They're currently one behind. Because, some, because someone's whistling. These people, are, let's, let's go. Let's get in there. Let's ask each one of these people. Give me six different whistles right now. They can't. I can't. There was a guy in the um, sports report who was like, what whistle are they using? They, remember the uh, opening for Andy of Mayberry? do 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 Exactly. Is that a fastball, a curveball, a slider? They're going to start hiring construction workers that whistle at like pretty girls that walk past to be baseball players now. If that's such a big part there of it. There you thing. go. Yeah, the good old uh, woo, woo. I can't even whistle exactly. that. Exactly. I can't do it. But like, yeah. Me like, too who movement. Can whistle? Only construction workers in movies. Those are the only people <laughs> Um, all right. So as we come to the conclusion of this podcast, the inevitable question, which our listeners are waiting to hear, predictions for the World Series. Will you make one? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any predictions. I'm just super excited to watch the game. I'm just happy to be nominated. I'm just happy to be here tonight. It's an honor. <laughs> you sound like Meryl Streep, yeah. <laughs> well, no, she I'm knows just happy she's to be nominated win, for the 47th. No, I really am just happy to be nominated. I'm so excited to be watching these games. Um, no matter who, I, I think it'll just it'll be cool. I, I feel like I can have more predictions one or two games into the series, and we can see what the dynamic is. And what's going on? Because we don't. There's too much uncertainty right now. Yeah, we don't even know who we're playing, so it's completely up in the air. It's sort of like saying, "Oh, it could be the Martians." We know it's the Astros or the Yankees, but we don't know a damn thing about these two teams. So that about wraps it up. Thank you, Cassie and Bernice, for another great episode. Stay tuned for our coverage of the 2019 World Series. And just a reminder, you can find all episodes of this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podstation, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, and virtually all your favorite pod players. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CheapSeatsDC. See you soon, everybody, from the Cheap Seats! Oh, yeah. Take me.